Hey everyone, um, I know it's kind of late, but uh, I wanted to get this out here tonight. Um, teaching tonight on this uh, on the unity of the armor is the spirit sword, and I called it spirit sword because in Ephesians chapter six verse twelve it says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So we don't fight against each other. We're not fighting against you know another person or fighting against things that that we can tangibly lay our hands on. Um, it's not, um, you know, we fight things that we can't see the majority of the time, things in the spirit world and, and uh, demons and devils and, and uh, you know, people, just spirits and stuff that, that trouble people and things and uh, fight sicknesses and, and just all kinds of things we battle against, but we don't battle against flesh and blood. Um, and in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, it says, it says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And uh, before I get started, let's pray over the Word right quick. And, um, and I'll get started into this thing. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God for another opportunity, Lord, to, to bring forth your word, Lord God. And Lord, I ask you to help me, Jesus, to bring this forth, Lord, the way that you would have me to say it. God, use me as your vessel, Lord. Speak through me, Lord, as your oracle, to bring forth this word that help each and every one of us in our walk with you, Lord Jesus. Because I can't do this without you, God. And I ask you, Lord, to to help me, Lord. And, and I thank you for it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, the word word here is rhema or the spoken word of god you see the the there's two two definitions for the word word in the new testament and both of them have different meanings in the greek uh, one is logos which is the actual documented or written word of god and the other one is the the spoken word of god or the utterance which is rhema that's logos and rhema the Logos is the written word and the Rhema is the spoken word. Now, in order for you to be able to use your sword the way that it needs to be used or to use it to where, to where it's effective is you have to have the Word of God in you. You have to study it. You have to read it. You have to be, be taught good sound doctrine. You have to be under, set under good preaching that's, that's teaching you a balanced word. And one of the things about your sword is it has to be balanced. You see, when they would make the, the swords back then, they would make them where when you held it in your hand at, at the hilt of the sword, which the hilt is a separation of the handle and the blade. It's that area that's in between those two. And when you would hold the sword in your hand, there was, it was balanced right at that point of the, of the hilt or between the blade and the handle. So that when you held it, it wasn't... A struggle to swing it it wasn't a struggle to hold on to it the sword would basically be almost like part of your arm because it was designed to be that way so when a, when somebody's on the battlefield fighting with it it was comfortable to use and it wasn't a burden to have to carry or to swing or to you know it helped with the accuracy of swinging the blade now how do you get a good balanced spirit sword how do you get good balance well, you have to be taught a balanced doctrine you have to be taught a good sound doctrine but it also has to be balanced see a preacher can't sit and preach to his congregation just 
strictly salvation and not tell them how to live, not tell them how to clean their lives up, not tell them the righteous way to live, not explain the Word of God to them or bring the Word of God out to where they can understand it and help them learn it. And it helps to have a good sound doctrine being fed to you and, and balance and being taught. You can't take a baby and feed it steak, but in the same instance, you can't take an adult and feed it baby food. It works the same way with the Word of God. As you grow in the Lord, you need, uh, you need more. Uh, you have to be fed differently in a way to where you continue growing and it doesn't just stun your growth and stop you, you know, where you're at and you don't gain no ground forward. You have to constantly be going forward and growing in the Lord and learning and getting, getting more teaching to help you get closer to God and to get stronger in Him. That's the main thing is getting stronger in Him. You have to get stronger in the Lord. And in order to do that, you can't just go to church once a year. You can't just go on Sunday morning. The, the more times that you can get into the house of the Lord is the better. The Bible says, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, even the more so as you, do that, as you see that day approaching. And uh, we have to... We have to be more in the house of the Lord today than, than any other time because of the times that we're living in and the day and time, it's a very evil time that we're living in. So we have to get stronger in the Lord. The only way you're going to get stronger in the Lord is, is to be in His presence all the time, to pray and fast and, and dig into the Word and study it and try to get a better understanding of God. And, and you have to, that comes with more of the sword too. You have to sharpen the sword and that's the way you sharpen the sword. You sharpen the sword by studying and getting into the, getting the Word in you. See, your sword is the Word of God. And you get it in you so that you can use it against your adversary. How do you use it against your adversary? You're not fighting as one that is beating against the air, is what Paul said. Paul said that he's not, he's not fighting as one that beats against the air. What was he saying there? Well, once again, back to what I said at the beginning, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against something that we can see with our physical eyes and that we can lay our hands our physical hands on we're fighting against something that is that is in the spirit we are fighting against the spiritual army or the spiritual enemy the only way you can fight against the spiritual enemy is through praying and asking god to help you and speaking against it once you get the word of god in you and you have god living inside of you then you can speak the word against what's coming against you jesus said in matthew he said let me read this verse to you well, let's go to Mark. Mark chapter 11. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 11. See, Jesus tells us. And, you know, there's a lot of people that would, that would say something different against this because um, they would, you know, people always want to undergrade God. They want, they want to limit Him. And there's no limit to God. The only limit to God in your life, in your life now, I'm not saying God has no limits because God doesn't have no limits. But the limits that He would have in your life is the limits that you give Him in your life. You see, you are the one that limits God and how He moves in your life. And let me read this passage of Scripture here in Mark chapter 11, verse 23. It says, well, in verse 22 first, He says, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. Believe God. Know that He will do it beyond the shadow of a doubt. you got to know that God will do it. How do you know God will do it? 
Well, first of all, you have to have a relationship with him. You have to talk to him. You have to dig into his word and see what his word says for you and learn what God says for you. Now listen to what he tells us right here. And he's speaking to people that believe him. He's speaking to people that are living for him. He's speaking to people that trust him and that, that, that wants God in their life. He says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, now let's say, that's speaking out of your mouth. I mean, it doesn't get no plainer than that. You don't have to decipher the word or dig into the definitions of it to see what he's saying here. That whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now Jesus, Jesus isn't just telling them here this to, to uh, say, okay, well, the mountain that you're facing in your life. He's pointing at a mountain that's, that's around Israel, and he's telling them that mountain right there, if you have faith and believe God and trust God that he's going to do it, and you tell that mountain to be removed and cast into the sea, I firmly believe that Jesus was saying that, yeah, you can have that mountain moved into the sea if you believe, because you don't put a limit on God. Why would he tell them that they could do that if he wasn't referring to that? A lot of people, a lot of people want to say that he's referring to a trial that they're facing in their life or a mountain that you're coming up against in your walk with him, something that's in your way. Yes, it is referring to that as well, but I believe that Jesus was, was talking about that mountain. I remember hearing a story about a coal miner that was in a that was in a coal mine, and all of a sudden he's seeing all the rats start leaving the mountain. And the coal miner say would say that when you see the rats leaving, it's time to get out of there. So when he saw the rats starting to leave, he turned and started to run, trying to get out of the mountain. But he was so far in that when the mountain came down and collapsed on him, it pinned him down, and it pinned him to where his face was was in the coal. And while he was going down, he cried out to God, you know, to to help him. And when he went down, and the dust, the coal dust was around his nose where he couldn't breathe, but yet the mountain wasn't crushing him. Something had stopped the mountain from crushing him, but a hand had reached down and swiped the coal out, the coal dust away from his face to where he could breathe. And it wasn't his own hand, and there wasn't nobody else around there that could get there to do it. But it was God that moved that coal, the coal dust so he could breathe. And then they was able to get in there and get the man out and save him. You know, that's God moving a mountain. That's, if you think about it, that's God stopping that mountain from dropping down on top of that man. Now, we are the ones that limit God. But our sword, you get your sword strong in the Lord. You get your sword to where when you speak it, things that happen. That's what we're, that's what we're fighting with is our, is our word, the word of God that's in us, the rhema word, the spoken word of God. Now think about this. The logos is the word of God right here that is written on the page. But when you get it in your heart, and then you speak it with God, with the strength of God within you, and you speak the Word of God back out of your mouth, and there's power in it from God, that's your sword. That's the rhema or the spoken Word of God coming out of you with God behind it, backing what you say that's backed up with the Word of God. Now, see, think about this. Jesus, in the book of Revelations, let me turn there and read it to you. Revelations chapter 19, verse 15. 
says, And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. A sword coming out of his mouth. Now, I don't... <laughs> I don't believe that Jesus comes back with an actual sword hanging out of his mouth. No, that's it's not an actual sword coming out of his mouth. It's his words coming out of his mouth that is doing what he's telling it to do. What he says is happening that's coming out of his mouth. He's judging people with his words, which is the sword, that two-edged sword coming out of his mouth that is that is that is taking care of the enemy. Now, that's the same with us. When we get God inside of us, get his word inside of us, and start speaking the word and believing it, believing it to come to pass and believing it to happen. And that's one of our greatest weapons that we have is the sword, which is the word of God, the sword of the spirit. And the second thing about the sword is it has to be sharpened. You can't go into battle with a dull sword and expect to, to defeat your enemy. You're just going to be hitting them with a blunt weapon. You're going to be hitting them with something that's not going to affect them. But instead it's going to glance off of them, bounce off of them. And it's going to be ineffective. That's the same way with the Word of God coming out of you if it's not sharpened or honed. In other words, if you don't have the Word in you, like David said, hide thy Word within my heart so I shall not sin against thee. Get, your, get God's Word inside of you, inside of your heart, so that that breastplate also will help protect that Word of God that's in you because the Word is alive. The Word of God is alive, especially when we get it within us through God's Spirit. And it becomes alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The we have to the way to, how do you get it sharpened? How do you sharpen your sword? You know you don't sit there on a grindstone and take the sword and, and grind it against the stone to sharpen the edges of it. No, not this sword. You don't sharpen this sword like that. You don't sharpen this sword with a wet rock or or whatever whatever you be sharpening it with. You sharpen the sword by studying, and you get the word in you. That's the way you sharpen the sword. You study it so you know what the Word of God says, and so that when you get it in you, and you get in a situation, and you're trusting God and believing Him, and you, and you got Him in you, and you got Him stirred up, then when 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 <laughs> when uh, you get in that situation, and then when you speak it, it'll have power behind it, and God will move in it. But if you don't get the Word in you, you're not going to be able to speak it. And listen, you don't get the word in you just by sitting on the pew listening to the preacher. That helps because a preacher can help you get an understanding of it. But to get the word in you, you have to study it for yourself. You have to read it for yourself. That's what this word is. This is our sword. This is our weapon. One of our weapons that we have to fight against the enemy is our, is our Bible, our word of God. So to get it in you, you have to study it. You have to read it. And then you have to have the metal has to be hardened. When they would make a sword, they would they would put it over the fire and heat it up, and they would hit it with a hammer. Put it over the fire, heat it up, hit it with a hammer, and they would harden that metal. The more times they would fold it and, and hit it, the stronger that metal would get. So that whenever they got ready to go out on the battlefield with it, when they come up against another another soldier or an enemy that's coming against them, that their sword doesn't break when it gets hit by the other by the opponent's sword or by the opponent's weapon. It'll hold up in battle. Your your word, your sword has to hold up in battle. So in order to harden it, you have to be taught sound and stable doctrine. That's what hardens the sword. You can't be sitting under teaching that's not telling you how to fight. You have to be taught how to fight. You have to be taught how to battle against the enemy. 
have to be taught even more today how to battle because of the things that's coming against us, the things that's coming against this world out here. Is, is the devil is trying to weaken the strength, the saints. He's trying to wear them out. The Bible says in the last days, the devil shall work hard to try to wear out the saints. He's fighting against the saints. He's fighting against the children of God. Why? Because he wants us to fall to the wayside. He wants us to give up. He wants us to throw in the towel. But we have to get strong enough in the Lord where we don't throw in the towel. Now's not a time to throw in the towel. Now's not a time to quit. Why? Because we're coming up on the finish line. Come on, we're coming up to the end of this thing. It's about to wrap up. Don't you want to walk over in the glory one day and stand there in the throne room of God and shout hallelujah to the Lord because you made it, because you, you made it in. You, you, made, you got the victory. You won it. You won the fight. You won the battle. You held in until it was the end and you made it to, to be able to see Jesus face to face. Why throw in the towel now whenever everything's gonna be, everything you've worked for to get here to this point? If you throw it in now, and it's all going to go down the drain. You're never going to stand before God. You're never going to stand before the one that hung on the cross and died for you. The one that gave his life, very life for you. God manifested in the flesh. Come down amongst men. Emmanuel, Isaiah said, come down amongst us and lived amongst men and walked amongst men. And the very ones that he came to save put him on a cross and held him between heaven and earth until he bled out and died and gave his life for us so that we could be saved. So why do you want to throw in the towel and give up on the one that, that died for you? No, we need, to get on, we need to get a hold of this thing. Listen to me. You can get strong enough in the Lord to where no matter what comes against you, all you got to do is just speak it. Speak the Word of God out and the enemy's going to flee. Speak the Word of God out of your mouth and your situation changes. Speak the Word of God out and come on, and things happen in your life. That's where we need to get. That's our sword. That's our weapon. That's our the sword of the Spirit. The Spirit sword that we got. And we got it right here in our hands. All we have to do is just get it out. Read it. Study it. Get it within us. And make it work and happen in our lives. Come on. put it, Make it effective in our lives. How do you make it effective, effective in your life? You use it. You work it. You let it allow it to change you. You allow it to make things happen. You allow it to get inside of here to where it changes your life. Get it in your heart, like David said, so that you will not sin against God. The next thing is training. See, you can't go buy a sword and never have no training on it and expect to get out on the battlefield and be able to use it. Because if you don't know how to use it, you, you could cut your own foot off. <laughs> you know? You have to learn how, you have to practice, you have to be taught, you have to train, you have to, you have to constantly take that sword and, and use it and practice with it and work with it so that whenever you get into a situation or you get into a battle then you'll have it you'll have the ability to use that sword against your enemy to where you'll be able to defeat the enemy and to where you'll be able to come out victorious out of all this now think about this how do you get training how do you train on a sword how do you train on the word of god how do you train see like i said this is our sword so how would you train on the sword, when the sword is a written book that is written by the, that was breathed upon man to, to write it by the by God's spirit, how do you ex, how do you use that and train it in your life, or the ability to wield it in your life? One, you have to grow in God. You have to grow in the Lord. So you you study the Word of God and you get it in you. And you live for God and get stronger in God and be taught good sound doctrine, all the things that I spoke of before. But growing in the Lord is not just learning of His Word and not just attending church, but it's also praying and fasting and getting close to God and having a, having a relationship with God. 
and get that relationship where that relationship's stronger and deeper in him to where whenever he's come on to where you can hear his voice and you you'll know that he's right there with you exercise your faith that's another way to to train with the word of god exercise your faith how do you exercise your faith well, one, praying for others in the church. When you know somebody's sick in the church and you pray for them and believe that God's going to heal them and trust God to heal them and you exercise that faith by praying for others and learn to believe that God is going to give you what you ask. Learn to believe. Well, Jesus said there in Mark that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed... And be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt. You have to believe. You don't doubt. Get doubt out of your life. One of the ways you can practice on getting doubt out of your life is quit saying the word if. And quit doubting and saying, well, I don't know if God wants to do that for me. Or, well, I don't know if that's going to happen. Maybe God didn't hear me. Get those words out of your vocabulary. Quit speaking them. Quit saying them. Quit thinking them. When you pray and ask God for something, don't, don't doubt don't have any doubt. Don't question it. Don't say, well, I don't know if God's going to answer that. No, when you pray and ask Him, you believe. Because He says right there, if you believe, when you ask. In other words, when you pray and ask God, Lord Jesus, I ask you, God, to move in my finances. And then when you get up from there and you say, bless God, I know He's going to move. And every morning when you get up, say, is today going to be the day? Because I'm looking for it to happen. And have faith and believe and trust. And any time that devil tries to come around and drop it in your ear, and try to make you doubt or any person speaking things of, of doubt get away from them tell them that, that you don't want to hear that that god is going to move for you because you asked him to and you believe that he's going to do it you see that's that's working that sword that's practicing that's exercising it exercising your your sword you, you're using it and wielding it and trying to make trying to make it work in your life Believe that God's going to give you what you ask. Now, let me, let me tell you something here. In Proverbs 18.21, Solomon, one of the wisest men, the wisest man other than Jesus who walked the face of the earth, he asked God for wisdom and God gave him wisdom. In the book of Proverbs 18.21, it says, Death and life is in the power. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. Meaning in your tongue you have power of death and life. If you tell a child over and over and over and over as they're growing up that they're never going to amount to nothing, they're useless, they're no good, they're sorry and all that stuff, that child's going to grow up believing that. God, one day you're going to preach. Come on, God's going to move in your life. And he'll grow up and he'll, he'll end up being a preacher and God really moving in his life. You see, what you speak out of your mouth has a lot to do with what happens in your life and what happens in your children's life, what goes on around you. Because your words go on forever. Once they're spoken out of your mouth, they go on forever. They're made record of in heaven. Come on, there's a book of remembrance on our conversations, especially the ones where we speak about God and everything that, that goes on in our life that we talk about. mentioned he comes down specifically to listen to what you're saying there's angels making documents of our every word that we 
We're going to be held accountable for the words that comes out of our mouth is what the Bible says. Every word that comes out of a man's mouth is going to be, a, they're going to be held accountable for it. So you have to be careful what you say. Come on, because there's power of death and life in the tongue. That's your sword. With your sword, you can cause pain. You can cause problems. You can cause situations in people's lives with what comes out of your mouth. But in the same 